We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 30th day of March, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, it's good to see you. How was your weekend? And can you believe that it is the end of the third month of 2022 already? Uh, healthy to life, uh, first of all. Uh, weekend was good. Somewhat uneventful, I guess you could say. Though busy. It was, it was a good busy. And as far as the end of the month, I, I, I'm still stuck in 2019. I don't, I don't know what... It, <laughs> <laughs> You're still stuck there, huh? You didn't, you didn't leave. Or early two, uh, 2020, at least. I mean, yeah. it, it just feels like those years went by super fast. Time flies when you're having fun, right? That's, I mean, that, that's the old saying, and yeah, that's that's what it is. Well, it was a very, um, shall we say, it was a very uneventful weekend. There wasn't really much going on over the weekend, other than a lot of protests in Europe. That was really about all that was. Uh, uh, that was going on at least a lot where um, where I'm at. Uh, the French, they had a little bit of a uh, well, it wasn't a protest really. It was more like a rally uh, in in France. Did you see that the uh, the pro EU <laughs> the pro yeah. EU rally? Did did you see that? Yeah. Did you see all those EU flags that the French people were waving in Paris over the weekend? Yeah, not a single EU flag among them that I could see. Not a single one. Uh. They were all French flags. It was a sea of French flags and one American flag that we could see. And one American, yeah. And the American flag was even black and white. So, you know, whatever significance that holds, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was the only one they could get their hands on over there at the time. Not a single EU flag. I haven't seen a single EU flag at any of these protests uh, with COVID and, uh, and and everything else. I haven't seen a single EU flag except for the pro-Ukraine protests. They do have EU flags at those, but they're very, very scarce uh, when you do see them. Anyway, you know what? I, I don't have a whole lot today. I, I really don't. I don't I don't I don't even think you don't have a whole lot either, do you? Just real quick. Uh, I looked up the black and white uh, uh, American flag. Uh huh. The first thing that pops up says it is used during combat to show that the fight will be taken to the death and enemy soldiers are going to be killed rather than taken prisoner. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to delay in answering you. I was ordering my black and white American flag while I was just sitting here. Just I was clicking. Yeah. On. <laughs> that's, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense when you look at the mm -hmm. rally that was taking place in Paris. That that makes perfect sense now that you think on it. And you know what? Macron's really starting to get in the into the part. You know, he's really starting to uh, to, to like get into this. Was it like this some cameo thing that he's trying to do is like he he's wearing jeans now. And he's. <laughs> It's laughable, really. These comedians, as Neil Oliver was saying in his monologue over the weekend, the, these comedians that we call leaders, at, which in Zelensky's case, he's an actual comedian. But the, these people here in the West, it would be funny if it wasn't so damn sad by the way that they're behaving and everything that they've done over the last two years. No, no, no. Don't pay attention to the crashing economy and the destroying of our of our supplies and uh, and everything in our logistical supply line and, and uh, all of your consumer goods. Don't pay any attention to that. 
don't pay any attention to the fact we've ruined your businesses, we've destroyed your money, we're stealing your uh, your savings accounts, uh, we're taking your health choices away from you. Don't pay any attention to that. No, 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 no. Pay attention to what's going on in, in, in Ukraine. Putin bad, right? Which I'm not saying he's good, but you know that that's the that's the agenda. They put you into this paradigm of you have to choose a side, and I hate that. But Macron's running around now with blue jeans, an airborne hoodie, and he's growing his uh, his facial hair out, and he's got a photographer following him around. Like th- this is laughable. Th- this is this is so predictable. It's just it, it's laughable. Th- these people are a disgrace, and they're running around like they're uh, what, like what is this supposed to symbolize? I mean, I, I know that the whole Zelensky thing, you know, the guy's walking around with like an all drab uh, combat uh, shirt on and uh, and he's giving like speeches in front of green screens and behind desks and things like that. OK, fine. Right. And he's got the scruffy thing going on. But why Macron? Why him? Bruce, you've seen these photos. Why, why him? Why, why is that? Why is that a thing now? Uh, well, maybe because uh, the narrative uh, you meaning how he's dressing up and everything, how he looks like uh, he's one. Yeah, with the yeah, people? yeah. It's like, the, yeah, they're starting to mimic like this whole uh, yeah. uh, like resistance for the people leaders thing. And, and Macron's about to have like yeah. an election and everything. It's just it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The only thing I can figure is it's because of Zelensky and the way he presented himself. He looks like the average person that's out there resisting the, the evil government uh, or in this case, Russia, evil government. When their government is, this is the whole side rabbit trail. The Ukrainian government, before all this went down and Russia invaded, which really it's more like a civil war than it is a a country invading another country because Ukraine isn't really internationally accepted country. But anyway, that's that's another side note. But before all of this went down, the mainstream media was saying Ukraine was super corrupt. And that's all the articles you could find in the mainstream media is that Ukraine's corrupt. Now, all of a sudden, they're Ukraine's the like, uh, I, I, it's going to save us all, or I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the narrative they're pushing. And now the government leaders are seeing that more or less the people are siding with Ukraine because that's the current COVID narrative. And they're all following suit with that. I It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Again, uh, if you're thinking, just like with COVID, if you're a thinking individual, you'll see that Ukraine and Russia, this whole debacle, both sides are doing some very atrocious things. And neither side is like the good guy, if you will. It, it's it's different shades of evil. Uh, this is breaking. I'm sorry. This literally just dropped. Uh, the Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich, you know, the guy that has like the yacht. He was the owner of the Chelsea FC football club and all that stuff. He was at, at the moment it's being reported that he was poisoned says here that he went blind for several hours, uh, suffered red eyes, constant painful tearing, and peeling of skin on his hands and face. 55 years old, he fell ill with, along with two Ukrainian peace negotiators in an attack blamed on hardliners in Moscow who said they want to sabotage their talks uh, designed to end the war, which that would make sense if you've got oligarchs that are looking to undermine Putin. I mean, Abramovich, he's not the only one, but he is one of the biggest. If there's a way for them to make some kind of a deal uh, and get this put to a um, uh, put to a rest, then that would certainly shut down whatever Putin's doing in Moscow. Yeah. Symptoms included uh, red eyes, constant painful tearing, peeling of skin in the hands and face. Abramovich also lost sight for several hours as a result of the attack, according to The Guardian, also being reported out of the Wall Street Journal. Billionaire and at least two members of the Ukrainian counterparts fell ill shortly after the meeting in the Ukraine capital of Kiev earlier this 
month. Uh, fourth member of the team did not fall ill despite having the same food and drink as them. A spokesman confirmed the, uh, that he suffered symptoms of suspected poisoning. However, an advisor to the Ukrainian presidential administration has dismissed the poisoning allegations as sheer speculation. <laughs> it's just as speculation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, do I think they could have been poisoned? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I do. Because if you look at the way that that whole and I, I don't even want to compare this to like the Soviet Union, but in this regard, you kind of have to, because back then the KGB, what would they do? They would poison somebody. It would be, oh, dear, someone got a little something slipped in their drink. And yeah, that was the end of it. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Russian thing has gotten so ridiculous at this point, as in like the uh, uh, the symbolism and all that stuff. You know, the Z thing. What, do you know what the yeah. Z is all about? Do you yeah. have any idea what that's all about? What What is that? I, I heard it once. I heard you say something about it once. What, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, victory or something like that. One of them was victory and one of them was, I don't know, some strength or something. I don't remember. Something something to that out of fact. It, it's uh, Russian words and those are the Z and V, the closest. That, that's not the actual letters in Russian, but they're the first letter of a phrase there. And uh-huh. it's got it. basically strength okay. and victory, you know, that kind All of right. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I got it. So uh, Zurich, you know, the, uh, the the city in Switzerland, you know, that they also have a, an insurance group called Zurich Insurance. Right. And they they just happen to have a, a Z as their as their logo. Well, they've dropped that now. That can't be used any longer because it represents uh, a Russian connection. So we have to cancel our uh, our corporate logo now from an insurance company in Switzerland because, well, it might have a, a Russian connection. Switzerland's largest insurer made the announcement in a statement to Reuters saying it was temporarily removing the use of the letter Z. Why don't we just cancel the whole city of Zurich? Huh? Why don't we just do that? Why don't we get rid of the Z in all cities now across the world because it might have a Russia connection? I, I don't. Your, your your Z or your V is not on the side of a Russian vehicle. I don't care. I mean, honestly, I don't even really care in, in the first place. It It's in this scenario, the, the vehicles, it's literally like painted on or chalk or whatever the hell they're using. Yeah, the, can the, of spray, in some can cases, of Rust-Oleum out there just spraying a yeah, Z on something. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that it's so honestly, I, I don't care. It means nothing. Bruce, don't we need to cancel everything with a Z now? I mean, that's that, that has to be the way because you might have you might you might be pro Putin if you have something with Z in it. It's ridiculous. It it's the same thing as the COVID narrative. You know, you're you're going to kill grandma if you don't wear a mask, if you don't take the jab. You know, you you, you have to socially distance. That's kind of the same thing that's going on here. It. It is. And this follows up with like the whole canceling of the uh, the Siberian cats. Can't have those anymore. Uh, Russian trees. You can't have those anymore. Russian uh, films and TV shows have been now uh, banned from any kind of international competition. Those are gone. Even at Sean Penn over the weekend saying that the Oscars should be boycotted because, well, the ceremony planners, they've decided against having Zelensky speaking at the Oscars. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole uh, Oscar Will Smith thing. I'm not even going to entertain that today, but I, I do want to play this piece here of uh, of Sean Penn because of just the, the sheer the sheer ridiculousness of it all. Now, it is my understanding that a decision has been made not to do it. That is not me commenting on whether or not President Zelensky had wanted to. If the Academy has elected not to do it, 
if presenters have elected not to pursue the, the, the leadership in Ukraine who are taking bullets and bombs for us along with the Ukrainian children that they are trying to protect, then I think every single one of those people and every bit of that decision will have been the most obscene moment in all of Hollywood history. And I hope that's not what's happening. If it turns out to be what's happening, I would encourage everyone involved to know that though it may be their moment, and I understand that, to celebrate their films, it is so much more importantly their moment to shine and to, to protest and to boycott that Academy Awards. And I myself, if it comes back to it, I, when I return, I will smelt mine in public. I pray that's not what's happened. I pray there has there have not been arrogant people who consider themselves representatives of the greater good in 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 my uh, industry. Good. Uh, greater good that have not decided to check in with leadership in Ukraine. Uh, so I'm just going to hope that, that that's not what's happened. And I hope that everybody walks out if it is. You know, about halfway through that clip, I saw Bruce putting his head down and, and putting his hand up on his forehead and shaking his head back and forth of just how ridiculous this has become. This is going to be a, a disgraceful moment in the history of Hollywood. Sir, the entirety of Hollywood in and of itself has been a disgrace for decades. It's been a disgrace for decades. It's just now to the point where it's becoming a failing, horrible, degenerate, corrupt institution that people are finally seeing. It's coming to the forefront of just how awful these people are and how detrimental they have been to our society and our culture over the last 50 years. It's time for that institution to go away. They've had their time. I'll agree with him on that. Yeah, you've had your time. That's it. That's enough. We don't need any more. And, and the whole Will Smith and Chris Rock thing, I'll, I'll just go as far as saying this. I think it was staged to make it look justified. And that's that's the end of it. I'm not going to talk any more on it. But anyway, you, you were <laughs> you were losing it halfway through this clip. But yeah, go on. So the, the first part that really stuck out to me is they're there taking bullets and bombs for us. I'm sorry, as an American, you know, I'm not inherently great with geography. But the last time I checked, there is no land connection between us and Ukraine. Not only is there no economic connection between us and Ukraine, other than us sending money for them to have weapons and our politicians going over there uh, with their kids, setting up, uh, you know, deals with various oligarchs to, uh, you know, make some money on the side. Other than those kind of connections, we don't really have a connection with Ukraine. And in fact... Um, I'm sorry, but um, how is this going to help the greater good in all of this? Nobody's really cared about the greater good for a long time. The greater good is you having a good family, you know, focusing on the family and then focusing on your community, city, state, doing that whole process. Yeah, that's for the greater good. But anytime a politician or, you know, a, a talking head talks about the greater good, uh, I'm sorry, I, I hearken back to uh, world leaders that um, said the same thing and it always ended up bad. Anytime someone says something for the greater good, it's always ended up with people dying. So no, no, I'm sorry. Um, Ukraine, I, it's, it's an unfortunate deal that's going on there. We kind of instigated it. This administration instigated a bit of it. Both sides are not doing good things. And 
I would I like to see the fighting stop? Yeah. Uh, damages are done in, on, in those cities, though. Maripol or Maripol or uh, however you're supposed to pronounce it. Don't know. Maripol, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It is an absolute, like, I've seen drone footage. I've seen on-the-ground footage, satellite imagery. That place is destroyed. It is just a, a giant city of rubble now. And, and that, that's more eastern Ukraine. And, you know, it is unfortunate, but... This is kind of, we, we kind of brought it on ourselves in this whole situation. You empowered uh, Putin. You showed weakness. It's what happens when you create a vacuum. And it doesn't help. The bumbling old fool is over here this weekend. It doesn't help that he's over here. Just he, he's talking, which is a problem in and of itself. Now I think I understand why Jen Psaki has COVID. I understand why Obama and Hillary both have COVID. I understand why now the deputy press secretary has COVID because no one can answer to the fact of just the the absurdity of what this moron is saying. He said this over the weekend while he was giving a speech in Warsaw. And before I get to that, Bruce, did you see the, the thousands and thousands of people that turned up to see the most popular president ever elected in American history? 81 million people voted for this guy. Did you yeah. see the thousands that, and thousands of people that were there when yeah, he gave a speech? I had to... I had to harken back to some common core math to, to get those numbers. But yeah, yeah, I did see. Yeah. The turnout was so bad that they actually were handing out tickets to random people on the streets that were just walking by. Uh, they had three big areas that were cordoned off specifically for people that wanted to watch the president of the United States speak. And they were only able to fill a quarter of one of those places. The rest of it was media, government people, their attendees, and that was it. There was no one else there. The people that had the cameras that were showing it were panning around inside there saying, there's nobody here. And he was up on stage. It was in the middle of his speech. So it's not like uh, it was before the crowd got there or something like that. He was literally in the middle of his speech. To be fair, maybe it was a situation of, you, you know how he's scheduled to have uh, some kind of announcement or press conference or whatever, uh -huh. and he shows up an hour late. Maybe uh -huh. maybe he just showed up an hour late and people were like, well, you know, uh, maybe we got the time no, wrong, no, you know, no, time no, change no. or something, and they left. No, 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 because, no, I got it. You're, you're onto something there. Because of the six-hour time difference between Washington, D.C. and Warsaw, Poland, because of that six-hour time difference, it's clear what happened here. Everyone was early. That's what happened. The people that uh, showed yeah, up, see, they yeah. were early mm -hmm. it is what happened there. So th yeah. they, they weren't there yeah. at the time they were supposed to be, and that was the time he was supposed to go on. So everybody was early. So he just he had to he had to speak then. It yeah. must have been that. It must have been that. Of course, because clearly, yeah. clearly the most popular president in U.S. Yeah. history would have mm -hmm. a bigger crowd mm -hmm. than than oh I don't know what a couple of hundred people. Clearly, it would be. Yeah, yeah. He that. wouldn't have a crowd only big enough to you know have a nice little alley or or lane so that when you're looking at a camera and you zoom in on the on the president and you zoom out a little bit and you have that crowd and it makes it look like it's you know busy and a bunch of people there. But then if you were to zoom out even more, you would see just emptiness. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was during the campaign trail. He was literally giving speeches to like 12, 13 people. That's all it was. But in the midst of that, he said this. Now, I, I'm going to play this. The, the White House is running around trying to do damage control on this. I, I'm going to play this. This is actually his his words. And then we'll get into Blinken's response because he's in Israel. And then I've got an official statement here from the White House on his comment that he made here. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. God bless you all, and may God defend our freedom. 
And may God protect our troops. Thank you for your patience. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. For God's sake, this man, he was speaking of Putin, cannot remain in power. Did he or did he not just say that? In his own words, did he or did he not just say that? He did. And I have issue with uh, the way he said it there, too. But um, yeah, yeah, that's another. Didn't hear any God bless America either. Uh, usually that's what you hear first thing out of a politician's mouth when they finish a speech. But yeah, it just shows you where he's at. Nigel Farage tweeted this right after Biden was finished. The White House released this official statement. The White House issued a statement saying that Mr. Biden's comments were not to be taken as official policy, not to be taken as official policy. Well, then why did he say it? It's not like this guy is up there saying this of his own accord. It was on the teleprompter. He was reading from the teleprompter. Who put it on there? We all know that presidents, American presidents, don't write their own speeches. So who put that on there? God help us if we actually have a president that doesn't use a teleprompter. But why is it that that was on there, but yet it's not official policy? So as they're running around trying to do damage control with statements like that, apparently that's not cutting it. Blinken, who's down in, I think he's in Tel Aviv, said this. With regard to um, uh, the president's incredibly uh, powerful speech uh, yesterday, um, I think uh, the president, the White House, uh, made the point last night that, quite simply, uh, President Putin cannot be empowered to wage oh. war uh, or engage in aggression oh. uh, against Ukraine uh, or anyone else. As you know, and as you've heard us say repeatedly, we do not have a strategy of regime change in Russia or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, uh-huh. In this case, as in any case, it's up to the people of the country in question. It's up to uh, the Russian people. But what we do have is a strategy to strongly support uh, Ukraine. We've been doing that um, and rallying partners and allies around the world uh, to do that. Okay, so he said, <laughs> see, the, the, it, it was our fault, really, is, is, is what he's saying, because you heard Biden say that. No, that's not what he said. What he really said was he cannot remain empowered to continue to do what he's doing in Ukraine. He can't remain empowered to do that. See, you misunderstood what President Biden was saying. You misunderstood that. So he's going to correct you here. Now, I played the rest of that for good reason. He did say right there that it is not our policy to affect regime change in Russia. Did he or did he not just say that? Yeah. Uh, okay. He said it's up to the Russian people. It's up to the Russian people. <laughs> it's, it's, you couldn't make this up. Biden just gave this speech just now. So much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was going to I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. You see, no, nobody believes that we were going to take down Putin. I was, I was talking about taking down Putin, but nobody believes that. <laughs> nobody believes it. Of course not. Uh, he also went on to say that he's not going to walk back anything he said, and he was expressing moral outrage and uh, not articulating policy change. Uh, the, the, the whole problem with all of that is um, if you're there supporting Ukraine, what does that mean you're doing? Uh, you're not only affecting uh, policy change, you're also inciting uh, a proxy war against another nation. Uh, and you're funding yeah. a proxy war against another nation. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And you could you could argue that uh, you're seeking a regime change. A regime to, change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the nation you're waging a proxy war against. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, what and all has the been sanctions. 
and the sanctions, yes, which is what has been their play mm. all throughout the Middle East over the last 20 years, I might add. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're trying to, again, they're lying to you yet again. Who would have guessed? Peter Ducey. Asked, this is the guy. What, what did he say? What a stupid son of a, what a stupid SOB. Yeah. Is that what he, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he got that's a chance to ask him. Yeah, yeah it's, that's what Biden said. He, this, he got a chance to, um, to ask uh, the president a question. This was what he asked. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple of days, uh, it sounded like he told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. Which he did. It sounded like he said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... Which he did. None of the three occurred. None of the <laughs> no, three. Didn't none happen. of the three. <laughs> you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking oh, to the troops. It's our fault. We're talking about oh, helping yeah. train the troops in that are the We've been the doing Ukrainian that for 20 years. That are in Poland. That's <laughs> what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to I was referring this. to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon used but by Russia would troops. trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know. The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, oh, then no. Russia knows the response. You That's see, Bruce, part of the all point. Of, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Bruce, all of this is taken out of context. You see, he's not walking anything back. He's he didn't say those things. He didn't say any of those things. All the things that we just played that he that he said that he except for the chemical weapons thing. Did I play the Ukraine thing? Did, did I play that? I, I didn't play that, did I? Oh, the soldier. No, the what soldier he said in front of the soldier. Yeah, OK, no. uh, well, he, he did say that. But go ahead and, and give a comment on that. I'll, I'll go dig that up. Go ahead. Yeah. So he didn't walk back. OK, well, as you, you will see, he did walk it back. The comment that he, he was saying this in front of uh, Ukrainian soldiers they were training. Uh, n- no, uh, th- that that was what was it? The 82nd Airborne uh, that he was saying it in front of? It was. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm working on di- here. It is right here. Here, here it is right here. Uh, now, I have it right here. Now, Bruce, you see this. Do, do any of these look like Ukrainian soldiers to you or do those look like our guys? Uh, actually, right off the bat, I'm just going to point out because we've seen Ukraine, we've seen a lot of their soldiers. Um, a lot of the soldiers are very white, and in this racially charged society that we have now, that is the first thing we are supposed to notice. I see an Asian guy, or what looks like an Asian guy, and a black his, dude in military uniform, and two, and two Hispanics. Hispanics, and a white guy. There's that, a white that, guy that, over there, over his left shoulder. There, the, those those aren't Ukrainians. Like just no. by that color palette. It's not Ukraine. This is what he had to say that that he didn't. This is what he was. How how do I even now I'm all messed up. This is what Biden had to say to the 82nd Airborne who weren't the 82nd Airborne that were Ukrainian soldiers that weren't there that he was speaking to when he was speaking to the whatever. This is what he said. There, some you've been there. You're going to see. You're going to see women, young people standing standing in the middle of front of damn tank, just saying, "I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground." They're incredible. Now, see, you're going to see when you get there. Did he or did he not say that? He he did. 
He just said that. He and then, did. of course, he just said a few minutes ago to Peter Ducey, no, I didn't say that. And the other thing is, is if, if he was talking to Ukrainians here, uh, Ukrainians that they were training, you don't have to tell Ukrainians this because Ukrainians already know that people are doing this because it's their friends, family it, that, are, that are out there resisting. Ukraine is very tight knit, if you will. Uh, they value families and friend uh, connections. They, they value that which is also part of the reason Russia has been bombarding uh, civilian locations it is to crush the morale of the soldiers or those that are fighting. So, yeah. All right. Um, you got you got any more to say on that? I'm 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 ready to move on. I, that's just the, the hypocrisy is real. Yeah. Just basically that it's hypocritical. All of this. Uh, this is um, again, they're lying to us. It's gaslighting right in front of you, right in front of yeah. you. It's gaslighting the whole thing. No, I, I I didn't say any of that. No, I I didn't say that. No, of course not. When he actually did, I just played you everything that he said that he didn't say, except for the chemical weapons thing. I, I never caught that one. I didn't see what that was. But whatever, it, it doesn't matter. Part, that I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to comment on that. He did say that, well, I'm not going to tell you what the response is. No, no, you, I mean, you don't understand deterrence. You don't, you, you don't understand all of that then. You set forth a red line and say, you use chemical weapons. This is the repercussions that you're going to have. And you make it strong and you make it very clear this is what's going to happen. You know, it's a deterrent. It, it shows that there's a red line. But you showed yourself to be weak and said, well, I'm not going to tell you what. Meaning you have no plan. You have no policy in place. I don't think anybody in the administration does. They're all running around like, like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Kamala Harris has lost 10 staffers. 10. In what, three months? Three months, she's lost 10 staffers. And most of those people were, were her top aides. They're walking out because the woman's an absolute clown. She doesn't know anything. You've got Biden, who's running around giving speeches that are prepared for him, but yet everybody else in the, in the administration, who should be on the same page, are saying, no, he didn't say that. That's not our official policy. Well, then who's the speechwriter? Drag his sorry ass in there and say, why did he say this? Why did you write that? There's no accountability. There's no responsibility. And there's no common sense about anything. These people are morons. They're absolute morons. Idiots. Absolute idiots. Uh, NBC did a poll. Uh, eight in 10 Americans, which I, which NBC, by the way, that's, that's usually a left-leaning poll. When you see that, that usually means it's going to be a left-leaning poll. Eight in 10 Americans are worried that Biden's bumbling will lead to a nuclear war. You think? You think? This guy's a buffoon. He, he's a complete clown. I, I thought we were afraid of Trump, you know. Oh, I thought he was the big tweets. bad man. He was going yeah. to start well, World War III. He was going to march into Iran, yeah. and, and he was going to start a nuclear war with this country and that country, and it was going to be a nuclear holocaust, yeah. and everybody was going to die. He was going to get in some Twitter war with some, uh, you know, government official and get pissed off and then send a nuke their way. Uh, I mean, that's what they were afraid of. Now this guy... He's going to fumble over and accidentally push the button. Who, by the way, because of the Hunter Biden laptop, which is now confirmed that was supposedly a Russian conspiracy theory, because that's now been confirmed. And by the way, that we probably wouldn't even be dealing with these people in D.C. if it wasn't for that. And so we're supposed to ignore that now, too. As I played the clip of Beck last week, he pointed out, he said, what? So we now have to deal with hyperinflation, a crashing economy segregation in our societies and have World War III because the media and the tech companies decided that the American people are too stupid to be able to know the truth about something? 
we're not even supposed to be here. You see, this is another reason. And people are probably wondering, why aren't you talking about Trump? Why aren't you talking about his speech? I don't give a damn what he does or what he says. I don't care. The fact is, is that we're in this situation because steps were not taken to prevent this by that administration. Now, I'm not holding him fully responsible for that. I hold him fully responsible for other things. Look at the VAERS report. I hold Trump responsible for that. Fauci, Gates, and all the pharma companies and everything else, that's bad enough. That speaks for itself. The FDA, the CDC, and all the rest of it, that speaks for itself. Those people are going to have to answer to a court of law on the other side of this by we the people. But Trump, for paving the way to allow that to happen in the first place, that is not forgivable in my opinion. I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. And all the time... Up until just about, what, a month ago, he's been touting the vaccine as a good thing, been touting remdesivir as a good thing, when it's literally killing people in hospitals. No, I'm not going to get on the Trump train this time around. It's not going to happen. And if he somehow or other does get back into the White House, I will sit here for four years and criticize whatever happens in that administration. I'll be fair when he said when he does something that's good, I'll say he did something yeah, yeah. that's good, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm not but gonna that hold ling- back punches and critique you. No, no. That lingering thing in the other corner of the room here, that operation warp speed, which paved the way for people to be maimed and murdered on a mass scale. There is no excuse for this. None. We don't have to go through this. There are other ways that this could have been done. Sorry, I didn't mean to get all heated there. Anyway, NBC released a poll uh, and revealed that 55% of respondents disapprove of Biden's performance, meaning that Biden has seen a 3% point drop in job approval since January. I think it's more than that. This is according to uh, Democratic pollster Jeff Horat uh, of Heart Research and Associates. He says, what this poll says is that President Biden and the Democrats are headed for a catastrophic election. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. The reason I don't say that that's necessarily the case is because of two things. One, you've got the COVID narrative that will be spun back up. So they'll have to have some kind of you can't vote in person. We got to have more mail in ballots and things like that. And then we haven't fixed the problem of the ballots from the last election. So why would we think that now all of a sudden we're going to somehow have a free and fair election when we haven't fixed our election process from two years ago. We haven't fixed that. Like I said, we can't get past November 3rd of 2019 until we deal with the corruption and the fraud that happened there. We can't move past that point. There is no 2022. There is no 2024. I'm tired of hearing these conservative pundits in the media and in the alternative media and everything else saying, Oh, we're headed for a for a knockout one two blow in uh, the midterms, and then the and then the general coming in twenty twenty four. By who? The Republicans? For what? They're going to do nothing, just like they did in twenty sixteen. They had all the power that had ever been given to them in the last one hundred years, and they did nothing. The Democrats held nine legislative seats at the state level nationwide. And what happened? What got reversed? Name one thing that got reversed from the previous 15 years. Name one thing. Nothing. Nothing got reversed. Oh, we just can't get the Obamacare done. No, we can't repeal the the NDAA. No, we can't repeal the Department of Homeland Security. No, we can't repeal uh, whatever the hell. All these tax increases. No, we can't get rid of this. No, we can't get rid of that. We just can't get it done. Well, then what good are you? Get out. They did get rid of daylight savings time. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> they you weren't able to do, to do anything. You had to. Except. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and they got rid of it over here, too. Congratulations. You actually did something useful for once in your pathetic political careers. I, I, I just 
there, there is one caveat to all of that, in my opinion. No matter how much cheating that, that's involved, if there is a landslide and you do have a record number of Democrats and Republicans voting for candidate that is actually going to do something, then yes, we may see some changes and we may see some, but that is a lot of ifs. That is a long shot. And especially if you've got bumbling Nancy in there. Oh yeah, she's going to run again because it's about the children, you see. I actually didn't play her uh, her campaign announcement video, which was actually kind of funny because she was giving it in like this. It was in front of a green screen, obviously, but it was this picturesque San Francisco from like the TV series Full House in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and if you look at that same spot today in San Francisco, there's like bums sleeping on the streets and people laying in the gutter with needles in their arms. The houses behind them are like boarded up. It's just it's ridiculous. But you were talking to me earlier about something very interesting about her. Apparently, she doesn't drink. This is news to me. Since when does she not drink? I would honestly hope that is the problem with her is that she drinks, to be fair. I, I legitimately hope that's what the issue is, because if that is not what she does, then she's got some other problems going on that are, well, the American people should know about. I, I'm I'm telling you, man, when she's up there at the podium, I mean, you can tell when she's had a few. I mean, I, I know what people look like and how people behave when they've been drinking and they're, uh, you know, they're they're uh, they're on the buzz just a little bit. You know, they fell off the wagon kind of thing. And I'm telling you, she looks like she's had, I don't know couple Adderalls <laughs> and about five or six, uh, five or six shots of, uh, of JD before she got up there, maybe some Coca-Cola to splash it with. I, I don't know, but she looks like she's, um, she's pretty leathered when she gets up there sometimes, not every time. Do you, do you think it's what she's one of the types that uses the, the cheap perfume to try to cover up the smell of alcohol? Could be. Could be. Usually the usually the uh, the older alcoholic types are that type. You know, they'll spray them. They'll hose themselves down with like Chanel number 25 or whatever uh, it is to, uh -huh. <laughs> just to like cover it up before they get out there. That's a good question. I don't know. But you did raise an interesting point. Uh, I believe it was Madison Cawthorn, which I, I'm quite frankly, what a disappointment that poor kid's turned out to be. I thought he was going to be good. Uh, he votes for red flag laws and then he puts a, a video out on his Instagram showing him at a gun range. Yeah, how's that make you feel? That's what passes as a conservative now. I, I had high hopes for that kid. You know, youngest kid ever elected to Congress stood on some amazing things on his campaign. Spoke at the RNC before he was actually even general. So, I, I mean, you know, I had high hopes for him. But uh, anyway, he pointed out that she doesn't drink. I think it was it was his office that, that put it, put that out or 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 he was pointing out that she he, did. He was saying that she does drink. And ah, the, the news agency was saying, that. well, no, she doesn't even drink. Well, OK, what? And you pointed out, why did she have beers in her office? And you say, oh, OK, well, mm -hmm. if there's if she doesn't drink, why are there beers in her office? How do we know there are beers in her office? Because two of them were stolen on January 6th. They made special mention of that. Yeah. So if she doesn't drink, why are they there? It's a good question. I, I'm, I, I, I could, in, in fairness, I could say, okay, if this was your home and you had alcohol in your home, yeah, okay, that's, that's fine because that's you know you, beer battered, you know sure. you, that that's fine, you know that, sure. that makes beer sense. Chicken. You, you could have beer chicken, yeah, beer chicken stuff, yeah. Uh, you, you could also do, uh, you know, if you had wine in here or something, you know, and use the wine for various sauces or whatnot. Yeah, okay. I don't see her but, having a barbecue um, in her office with some chicken, no, exactly, <laughs> thing like that. Yeah, no. I don't see her making some beer battered shrimp or fish or anything else in uh, in her office there. No, I'm I'm sure that if she did, the colleagues wouldn't appreciate the shrimp. No, probably not. Speaking of uh, Congress women and the smell of bar food, AOC. 
right? Because I mean, that's what she was before she was this. She was a bartender, right? Which I'm not knocking bartenders. I know a lot of smart bartenders. This is a, this is not a smart bartender. This is a dumb bartender is what this one is. This is the one that would spit and drinks and steal tips. This, this is the kind of bartender that this woman would be. She earns only, she earns only $174,000 a year. That's all she earns, right? She's just scraping by. She's just scraping by with that amount of money. And she says that well, the American taxpayers need to pay off her $17,000 in student loan debts. But again, she only earns $174,000 a year. It's tough living. It's tough living. I don't, I don't know how she makes it, to be quite honest with you. I don't know how she does it. So why oh, can't you hold, set back? Hold, hold yeah. on. Before, mm-hmm. before, you, before you get to that point, I, I forgot to mention this. How, how rude of me. She also has the, uh, the congressional health care plan, which is 100% coverage. That's that's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, the best mm-hmm. coverage you can possibly get over there. Uh, she also gets mm-hmm. uh, tax credits for $3,000 worth of travel expenses per year. And she also has a, a vested pension. If she serves at least five years, then she gets a, a full pension after that. So why exactly can she not take out $1,000 a month and pay towards that? Well, now, see, Bruce, maybe, I mean, maybe, you didn't, maybe you didn't understand. She only makes one hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and she and has all those other things. Yeah. Now, cool. now this might this might mm-hmm. have something else to do with it. She also happens to drive a Tesla Model Three Long Range, which has a retail price tag of uh, between forty-six thousand and fifty-nine thousand dollars at the time that she bought it. I mean, she has that to pay for too. So, I mean, obviously, she she can't she can't do the that and the student loans, and then of course the cost of True. living and everything as it is. And I you think know, she had two apartments. Yeah, uh, there, there is a that. house and an apartment yeah. or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That her Texas oil tycoon godfather paid for. Uh huh. Um, well, and then you've got the the dining, you know, the the fine dining that you know that she goes out, and then of course you know the, like the three thousand dollars shoes and the uh, the fifteen thousand yeah. dollars outfit that she was on the front cover mm-hmm. of, I believe it was yeah. Vogue magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. how can you expect her to pay off seventeen thousand dollars? in student loan debt when she has all these other expenses. How can you expect her to do that? Yeah, and especially with having yeah, that salary I mean, of $174,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, you Not could, to mention you could stock take out like of insider you know, $500. I mean, you're making $14,500 a month. You know, maybe you could take that $500 that's, you know, the oddball in that, in that figure and, and take that and put it towards the principal and pay it off in a couple of years. I mean, she makes in one month about half of what people in this part of the country make it in, in a year. But Bruce, you're, you're missing the point. She has all those other expenses, not to mention who knows whether or not she does uh, insider trading like all the other members of Congress do. Who knows if mm. she's got stock options? Yeah, I would. Uh, if, if I were present there, I would tell her to uh, wire brush. <laughs> you and that wire brush. <laughs> you and that wire brush. OK, um, I, I really don't have anything else. I, I had to throw that that last one in there. I don't, I don't have anything else. I've got something here on Chris Wallace. Who gives a damn? He can do whatever he wants. Bill Gates, uh, he's reared his ugly head again. We'll talk about Bill Gates when Marty's on because Marty always gives a good two cents on Bill Gates. So I'll, I'll leave the Bill Gates thing. It's not dated. So uh, we'll leave the Bill Gates thing for, um, for when Marty comes on. Uh, I do have one last thing here. And this has absolutely nothing to do with everything that we've mentioned before. But uh, this is something out of Axios. And it says that NFTs are past their prime. I know we've talked about these things before on, uh, I think we talked about them on an exclusive uh, one time, but refresh my memory. What is an NFT? And more to the point, why would it be past its prime when I don't even know what it is? And most other people don't even know what they are. So it's past its prime because it's another way for the average person to make money and the government not to be able to 
control that, regulate that. Uh, it, it's uh, effectively another decentralized uh, system. So basically, it's a market for you to sell something that you've either made yourself or an NFT that you bought from someone else that is a um, intellectual property. You use the blockchain to sell it. And uh, basically, the worth of it is whatever somebody decides. So it's uh-huh. it's basically like, okay. think of it like you're selling a piece of art. If, uh, but in this, this case, is, it's a digital piece of art. This is the metaverse stuff. Like if you want to buy something like furniture or something to put in your in your fake house that doesn't exist kind of thing. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't no, that right? No, 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 no. Okay. This is this is you buying. Uh, so, for example, let's say there's a meme on the Internet. The meme may not you may not know where the meme came from or the person that made the meme may stick an NFT and say, hey, you want to buy this meme and say it's your meme now? You could do that. I mean, th- there's just. Really, it's it's a silly thing in in many cases, but it's it's a way to digitally mark something as as certified. It uses the blockchain system to say this is certified. And okay, we'll put it this way: I'm an artist. Okay, I make a piece of art. I'm commissioned to make a piece of art or whatever. You can slap an NFT certificate on there, if you will. It shows that this is the original. This is the you know whatever. And the person can buy it or you can auction it off or whatever. And it's just a digital identifier that the blockchain uses to say this is the original. This is not a copy. This is not a clone. This is the original. And there's only, you know, X amount of originals, however many you make. So it's just a it's just a tracking marking system for intellectual property, basically using the blockchain. You could sell digital, I guess you could sell digital furniture, digital whatever for the metaverse, but that's not what it is. Though it, it could be anything you want as far as intellectual property is concerned. I'm probably doing a horrible job of explaining it, but it's just uh, it, it, another commodity system using the blockchain that the government doesn't like. And the users generate the content usually. I see. People. Okay, so these are like the digital things. Like, I okay, so I, I saw something a while back on... Uh... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Melania, Melania Trump. She had like her eyes or something and it was going to be a uh, an NFT thing. So that's an example of what it is. So it's like a, it's like that. It's a digital piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. One a, a digital piece of art, which to be fair, if you've looked at what art is today, that's the majority of all art today. Majority of all of it is done on a tablet and it's not your your it's not the tablet you're thinking of, you know, with the touch screen and everything. It has a touch screen, but uh, well, I guess the lower end ones. It's don't one of those have a drawing, screen, but the higher end ones actually yeah, one those, have a yeah. It's yeah, those it's drawing. drawing tablets with yeah. the like the little pen that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've actually seen those. I was actually looking at one of those for another project that we were going to work on for shading I, and I things. Actually, on, I on the actually side. have one for texturing and doing all that kind of stuff. I oh, got yeah. one for some side projects and. But yeah, you the, basically that's that's what the entire market is now. Mostly is those. Hmm. Interesting. All right, uh, you got anything else? Uh, nothing really exciting. Just you know, financial crisis because of the Fed hike. Rate, yeah, you know, yeah, the rates yeah. We'll being talk, high. Yeah, save it. We'll talk, we'll get into it later yeah, in the week. We'll get into nothing, it later in the week. Nothing really fancy. All right, we'll go ahead and kick out of here a few minutes early. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, we would appreciate it very much if you would. You can do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass us along to five friends. That's all, just five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up. You know someone that you're trying to get to think on their own. We would appreciate it very much if you would point them in our direction. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.